Hi, and welcome back to Weekly Dev Tips. I'm your host, Steve Smith, a.k.a. R. Dallas. This is episode 61 on Misen Plus. This week's tip is brought to you by devbetter.com. What is DevBetter? It's a private group coaching community geared toward accelerating developer careers. We meet weekly for live Q&A sessions and have an active Discord-based discussion the rest of the week. Topics range from coding skills to interviewing and personal branding. Check out devbetter.com and read the testimonials at the bottom of the page. This week, I'm happy to introduce Ryan Lancio, who has a guest tip to share on Misen Plus. Ryan runs Spaceship Studio LLC, a consultancy specializing in fast and dynamic web and native mobile applications. Take it away, Ryan. Hi, Steve. Thank you so much for the introduction. As Steve mentioned, my name is Ryan Lancio. I run a consultancy that helps companies build awesome front-end applications and wanted to talk with you all today about some patterns that I've noticed throughout my career. One thing that I've seen time and time again is a focus is applied to the back end for coming up with a consistent strategy of how a code should be architectured and structured. And on the front end, things are a little bit more of the Wild West. There's a quote by Ellen Ullman that I absolutely love that I think describes this problem pretty well. We build our computer systems the way we build our cities, over time, without a plan, on top of ruins. This quote resonates with me very strongly because throughout my career, I've seen this a number of times where you can see different development strategies and different uh, architectural patterns just kind of evolve over time with a system. This isn't always a bad thing, but a lot of times we could do better. Sometimes I like to look outside of software development for strategies and principles that we can apply to write better software. There's a quote by Charlie Munger that I like to apply here as well. It goes like this. If you want to be a good thinker, you must develop a mind that can jump to these boundaries. You don't have to know it all. Just take the best big ideas from all these disciplines. One of these disciplines that I like to focus on when building components, because I think it applies pretty well, is the culinary world. In the culinary world, there's a strategy of mise en place, and that is the preparation that goes into a meal ahead of time, before a dish is composed. I like to think of mise en place a little bit like how things work in the kitchen of Chipotle. When I go to make an order in Chipotle, I don't have to wait for the ingredients to be prepared. When I go through the line, you can see the ingredients in front of you and the people assembling your burritos or burrito bowls or whatever your meal might be are simply taking the pre-cooked ingredients and kind of composing them together. I see the same thing with how we can effectively build front-end applications. Most front-end frameworks today have the concept of components, and these are kind of like parts of our application that we can see in isolation. Unfortunately, Many times the boundaries of what a component should cover and what it shouldn't cover aren't clearly established by the framework or library. There's an excellent book by the author Brad Frost called Atomic Design that I think can lend us some really great inspiration on where we can kind of break down our components and how we can structure our application for success. In the book, Brad covers things like atomic components. These are the smallest components that we have. This is things like buttons, text, labels, so on and so forth to molecules, which would be a slight composition of some of the atomic components, up to organisms where we're combining the molecules. Um, and then we kind of lose the, the science terms and get into templates and pages. I like this terminology, but when I'm building component libraries, I generally stick with atomic components and then just general larger composition components. So if we employ this strategy in, in React, for instance, we might build a bunch of things like buttons and links and labels and uh, input boxes and, and so on and so forth and call those our atomic components. 
From there, we could build a login form. And a login form would take our atomic components, like our input boxes and our buttons, and build kind of things that are a little bit more complex. Unfortunately, it seems like we often build things in the mindset of pages when we're building front-end applications. Like I see a login screen. And so as a developer, I'll go in and I'll build this screen. And then maybe, you know, once in a while I'll say, okay, well, here's some CSS that this other page is using, or here's a component that another page is using, and kind of copy that in. Using this mise en place philosophy, however, we might take a step back and say, okay, I see I have these types of components on a number of pages in my application. And I would build those components first. I would test those components first. And I would make sure that they're a level of quality that I want in my application. From there, I would build my pages as simply a composition of the pre-existing components. My confidence in these pages being exactly what I want them to be and the, the level of quality that they have is much higher because things were tested and checked for quality at the component level. So at a much smaller and much more simple level. If you're on board with this philosophy and want to start trying it out today, one of the things that I highly recommend is attaching Storybook to your front-end application. And this right now only applies to you know, JavaScript frameworks and libraries, so you know, React, Vue, Angular. I'm hoping that something comes along for Blazor as well that emulates the kind of benefits that we get through Storybook. Some of these benefits are we can develop our components in isolation, kind of embracing that mise en place philosophy. What this means is, instead of building out my buttons and links and login forms or whatever in my actual application, I build them as components through stories in Storybook. When I run Storybook, I see a tree view of all my component stories that I've defined. From there, through Storybook plugins, I can actually test things for accessibility, uh, viewport constraints, and so on and so forth. One thing of important note about accessibility, however, is it's running the Axe plugin, which is an automated accessibility checker. This is great for catching some of you know, the low-hanging fruit, stuff that a, a computer can catch, but it's not the end-all be-all. Another nice thing about Storybook is there's a new way to define stories called the component story format. Traditionally, there was kind of like a DSL for defining stories, but there's a new way that's basically an arrow function or just a JavaScript function, I should say we can actually take these component story formats and import those in our tests and use the stories as our fixture instead of what we'd normally do in our unit tests or integration tests. What this means is if I have a test that's failing and I have this based off of a story instead of something like uh, a normal fixture, I can fire up Storybook and run through the same scenarios that my test is running through to get a visual representation of what's happening in the test. Very, very handy. Now, using Storybook by itself does not necessarily guarantee a mise en place philosophy would be applied to a code base. This is something that is very useful and very helpful, but a lot of times there's a little bit more discipline that comes in with this. Sometimes that's just making sure your components exist ahead of time, but sometimes it's making sure that your components exist in the structure defined by you or your team. One thing that I highly recommend when enforcing a structure and making sure that it's easy for everybody on a team to follow that is building a custom CLI. What the CLI would allow me as a developer to do is go to a command line and say, generate component button. That button would live in the structure that we defined as a team. And if I had some rules around, okay, I want to use storybook, I want to add tests, and so on and so forth, it would create the boilerplate for me. This isn't something that's super complex or anything like that, but 
it does save me from some tedious work of creating folders and files. At scale, this is a huge value. Additionally, it helps avoid these conversations that developers often have about, hey, where should this thing live or where should that thing live? If this conversation happens ahead of time and is built into the CLI, those conversations never need to happen again. The CLI tool I use the most is called Gluegun. It is by a company called Infinite Red, and it is very nice to work with, well-documented. Regardless of what technology platform you're using, it's likely that there is a tool to help generate CLIs, and I highly recommend looking into those. Even building one from scratch isn't super hard. There's more work in that, but oftentimes there's a framework that exists. As I wrap up, I would like to cover some of these key takeaways once more. First, it's important to kind of come up with a philosophy or structure that you or your team shares when building an application. Second, it's great when you're building a front-end application to kind of follow these patterns as you build out a component library. It's something that you can reuse throughout your application moving forward. Lastly, it's great to automate any process that you can that helps developers de build things more efficiently. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan also recently wrote a blog post on the magic of mise en place if you'd like to learn more. There's a link to it in this episode's show notes on weeklydevtips.com. That's it for this week. If you want to hear more from me, go to rdallas.com tips to sign up for a free tip in your inbox every Wednesday. I'm also streaming programming topics on twitch.tv rdallas most Fridays at noon Eastern time. Thank you for subscribing to Weekly Dev Tips, and I'll see you next week with another great developer tip.